Merry Christmas, Chapelgate, and thanks for joining us. Over the next four weeks, we will be taking time to explore the unimaginable Jesus by looking at the ways that Christmas carols capture the truth and hope of the gospel story. We hope that these episodes enhance your Advent experience and that you walk away from them feeling the peace, hope, and joy that this Christmas season is all about. Welcome to week three. It's December 14th of our Advent mini-series, and again, I'm joined by Dan Passarelli as we look at yet another Christmas carol uh, for the gospel-soaked messages and things that we ought to pay attention to, and we're actually joined uh, by my dear friend Judy Puckett as well, and uh, the two of them are going to kind of walk us through the carol, but Dan, why don't you get us started? Um, Why'd you choose this carol? What do you like about it, and uh, what can we hope to gain from this episode? Yeah, um, honestly, I don't remember why I initially picked uh, Oh Come All Ye Faithful, Um, but uh, what I've realized as we've been going through the last couple of carols is that each one of the carols that we're looking at captures something of the paradox of the gospel. It captures the contrasting realities that are present uh, at Christmas, Um, and so I think that's certainly true for this carol. Uh, and so I'm actually really excited to to talk about it uh, with Judy today. Uh, so Judy Puckett, um, glad to have you with us. Um, let's. Uh, why don't you just tell us tell us a little bit your connection at Chapelgate and and kind of why are you excited to talk about carols? Hi Dan, I'm glad I'm glad to be here with you and Rob. And um, I'm the director of spiritual formation for women at Chapelgate, and um, I love Christmas. And I love this carol. So I'm excited for us to dive in and really talk about it a little together. Cool. Yeah, we, we haven't had anyone on, on the podcast. that's like, you know, I really don't like Christmas so much. Um, so uh, I don't know, maybe we, we should have worked a little harder. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, glad glad you're with us. Glad you love Christmas. Um so, so as, as we look at, at, at the carol, uh, you know, it begins, O come all ye faithful, joyful, uh, and triumphant. Um, Judy, how, how do you understand the, the words of that opening verse? You know, who are the faithful? What are we being asked to do? Well, first of all, you know, what strikes me is that it's an invitation, an invitation to come. And the faithful are the joyful, the triumphant the ones who I take belong to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and is there, is there something, uh, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, like there's, there's sort of these, these paradox, this gospel paradox, these contrasting realities. Um, Is it just me or do you see something of a paradox in that? Oh, absolutely. Dan, because I don't often feel faithful, joyful or triumphant. Yeah. You know, um, life is, life is hard. And honestly, even as I was thinking about this particular carol and this invitation to come and behold him, you know, I, I looked up that word behold, which, which means to see or observe, but one of the translations said, be sure not to miss this. And I thought one of the paradoxes of the Christmas season for me is in this time when we're supposed to be thinking and reflecting more and more about Jesus, 
how often it's easy to miss him in the hustle and bustle of the season, in the decorating and the shopping and the cookie making and the celebrating. It's easy to, to miss him. And the invitation is to not miss him. And to me, that was a, a paradox, even in this carol. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. I, you know, we, um, we, we talk about, and, and those things are good, right? Like the, the busyness, the, you know, getting with family, being with, uh, you know, you know, party, you know, Christmas parties at work, you know, cookie exchanges, all that stuff. It's great. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so it's, it's not like those are bad things. Um, but, uh, it, it is easy in the midst of all the good things to, to miss, the, the one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I guess um, I, in a little bit, I want to, I want to revisit that, that reality of like, okay, the faithful are called to, to notice him. Um, but, but what do I do when I don't feel faithful? Like, uh, or what do I do when I, when I really, you know, it, at least in terms of how I'm acting, I'm not acting like a very faithful you know, follower of Jesus. So I, I want to get there. We'll we'll get to that. But um, there's there's some really rich. You know, one of the things we've tried to do as we've talked through some of these carols is just hit on some of the the rich theology behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, the the reason we're called to behold Jesus, to to notice Him, to to come and worship Him, is because of who He is. Uh, and so there's some real rich kind of expression of who Jesus is in this. Um, and as we were talking kind of before we we started recording this, we realized there's all kinds of different versions of this carol. And some some verses have, uh, you know, richer theology than others. Um, you know, Rob, you were noticing that that even um, the carol may have been written not as a, as a worship song, but as a sort of subversive political message uh, for the, the Jacobites uh, in England. We, we won't go down that road. That's a history <laughs> podcast. Um, but, but the, the verse that comes after that first one in the version I was looking at uh, says, God of God, light of light, mm. lo, he abhors not the virgin's womb, very God begotten, not created. Um, Judy, just, you know, talk about that a little bit. How do you see, you know, who Jesus is expressed in those words? Yeah. I mean, he is God, you know, and just the idea that a man, the man was God himself. It's kind of mind blowing, you know, and we, we, I think from our perspective, where we are in redemptive history having the whole Bible in front of us, it's, it's a little bit easier for us, but I was thinking the other day about the people that walked with him, you know, and, and the fact that he's saying to them, I am God, I am the, I am. And how, you know, all throughout history, they've been punished for believing in other gods, for chasing after other gods. And, and just how mind blowing this must've been for them. And is for us that the God of the universe has chosen to become a man, that that he might walk like we walked and talk like we talked and hunger and thirst and be tired. And, you know, I think Dan, for me, one of the things I love most about Jesus, love to think about is his humanity. It's something 
to which I can really relate. It, it makes him real to me. And yet at the same time that he's the creator of the world, begotten, not made, always existing, like m- my mind can't get, get itself around that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't even, I mean, what does begotten, not created mean? I mean, I, I understand what the words mean, <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, there's nothing in my experience that that has not been created, you know? Right. Um, so, right. I, yeah, yeah. So so here, you know, we've got this this, you know, really um, good news. You know, we talk about at Chapelgate, uh, you know, our our purpose as a church is to live out the gospel, to live out this good news mm-hmm. um, in word and deed. Uh, and so here here we've got sort of really the heart of this good news that we try to live out, that God became a man, that he took on flesh. Um, and, uh, and, and then, you know, going down to the next verse, uh, it talks about, um, it says, sing choirs of angels, sing in exaltation, sing all ye citizens of heaven above glory to God, all glory in the highest. And I think that's, that's, Another part of this good news, isn't it, that that mm-hmm. we're um, we're invited by this God who became man to become citizens of heaven, right, right, exactly. And I think not not to jump the gun here, but I think it's in remembering that invitation and remembering who He is that we can actually deal with the fact that we are and feel unfaithful and that we are not joyful and we feel guilty that we're not joyful because we of all people should be the most joyful. And when life doesn't feel triumphant and we don't feel triumphant, we latch on to the fact that we're connected to the one who triumphs over everything. And even if we don't see that victory, this side of eternity, we know for sure that it's coming. And so while I don't feel faithful, joyful, and triumphant. I also do believe that the word of God is true. And that that encourages my heart and reminds me that I may not be who I want to be, but I am becoming who he's called me to be because he said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And whether you feel it or think it or even see the evidence of it, trust my word. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I love that. Uh, that's that's so good. And and so even singing this song um becomes something of a cry of faith, doesn't it? Yeah. Um be, because it's 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 um you know I I'm saying sing all ye citizens of heaven above and and I want to be numbered among those citizens. Um mm-hmm. And and I and I'm gonna believe that I am because of what Jesus has done, because of what he says is true about who I am. Right. And the fact that, you know, if I was faithful and joyful and triumphant, would I really need a savior? And isn't that the reminder, even in the song, of why he came? You know, I I can't be faithful on my own. I can't be joyful on my own. If these are these are gifts that he gives mm. his people. And this song is just a reminder to me that 
that's what's true of me, but that's also what's true of him. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, I don't know if you want to mention you you shared with me a song um uh, that uh oh come all you unfaithful uh, and, and I sent it along to Judy as well. Um Rob would would you just want to say a a word or two about that cuz I think it really it's a nice compliment to this um you know the the this this carol that we're looking at and and kind of this idea of you know the faithful yet feeling quite unfaithful. Yeah, it, I so this song um came to me actually from a friend uh last Christmas. So uh, a year ago. Um and he surprised me with it. Like I didn't know it was happening. It was just part of a service. I was guest preaching at a church uh in Columbia and you know, I'm I'm getting ready to stand up and like the the kind of the buffer transition song was this song I'd never heard called Oh Come All Ye Unfaithful and I mean, it is, it is powerful and it rocked me. I mean, like I'm sitting there like, like trying not to weep, like crying is a, is a given when you listen to this song, like you will tear up for certain, but like, if you have the ability not to weep, well, good for you. But like, I'm like, I got to preach a sermon and I just listened to this ridiculous song and my heart is like, you know, I felt like the Grinch, like, and Rob's heart grew three times that day. You know, it's like, it really is that kind of song. And I actually resonate with it a lot more than Oh Come All You Faithful, because it's way easier for me to identify with the brokenness of my existence than it is to identify with the glory of what is promised for me in the future. You know, like you read Psalm 15, for example, you know, who dwells in the Lord's tent? Who can stand on the Lord's mountain? Well, I'll tell you, he who walks blamelessly and is perfectly right in all his ways, who has no evil in his heart. And you're like, I read a Psalm like that. And it makes me think of, oh, come all you faithful. And I'm like, well, that's just not, that's not me. That's not Rob. But then, oh, come all you unfaithful, come weak and unstable, come know you are not alone, come barren and waiting ones, weary of praying, come see what your God has done. Now that like I can, I can live there. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Rob, you'll, you'll put, uh, we'll, we'll put the the link to that song in the show notes. Is that, is that right? So folks can, can find that. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Okay, good. Um, yeah. And, and Judy, I, I want to um, go back to something you, you were saying, because I think, you're calling us to the the real truth in both of these songs, which is in Jesus, we are faithful. And yet we feel sometimes very unfaithful in our actions. Um, and and maybe it's actually the the call to be faithful is is simply a call to come to Jesus as we are, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it to come in in dependence in honesty in brokenness and in weakness to just come as we are you know and to um remember who he is amidst that that brokenness and even as you were sharing the lyrics rob of the song um i was thinking you know when we see ourselves as we are broken and and weak and um needy and God meets us there, then we, we make much of him. Don't we, we think we, we just esteem him so much. And yet when we 
for me personally, when I see myself as faithful or, or strong or competent, I'm not making much of him. You know, I'm making much of me. And I mean, I think the posture of the faithful is to make much of him. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, so part of what we're trying to get at in in these these conversations is not just the theology, the 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 truth of the gospel, which is beautiful, but what does it look like for us to live out this good news that Jesus came for the unfaithful to be faithful for them? Um, so Judy, I, I want to throw that out to you. What, you know, as you think about that, what does it look like for us to live this truth out in our lives? You know, one of the first things I, I think of Dan is that we, we have each other, you know, we, we need each other to remind us of what is good and, and true and beautiful. And, you know, when I think about Matthew's gospel, and how it starts and finishes with Emmanuel, God with us, you know, the revelation of who Jesus is, he's Emmanuel. And then the very end of the book where Jesus says, I'm with you always to the end of the age, you know, presence is so important. And um, when I think about how do we live that out as a community, you know, one of the things that comes to my mind is like, we just, we need each other as Christ's body. That's part of the gift that he's given us even in himself is giving us the gift of one another. Because sometimes when we're in those pits of feeling unfaithful and down and sorrowful and weak, we can't get ourself out of there, you know? Um, And it's even in worship. I know I've talked about this before with you guys, but like when I come to worship sometimes and my heart is just not engaged and yet I see my brothers and sisters around me worshiping with their whole hearts is contagious for me it's in it's it, it it ushers me in and i think that's one of the ways one of the gifts of how we live this this out in community is is being together yeah yeah i love that um what do you think you know thinking about that being together how do we like together as a church community experience that that joyful and triumphant kind of spirit um even while we recognize that not every individual person might feel that to the same degree right at the same moment do you have any mm-hmm. thoughts about how like what does it look like for us to be a joyful and triumphant community knowing that some of us may like right now be in the pit and may not feel like singing those words? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. And I think for me, I think that just begins with honesty, you know, just being able to be people who are real about where we are, you know, without the expectation that we should be joyful or that we should feel victorious, um, but just to, to come and be free and safe to say like, that's not where I am. I, I I'm not, but I don't want to stay here either. You know, I, I want, I want to be in a different place and to ask God together to, to reorient our hearts and to change yeah. them and to set our affections on what is above, you know, what is yet to come. Yeah. Um, but to recognize that brokenness is real, 
and and we are a place where it's it's safe to be real. I think Judy, what you just said struck a chord with me. I think one of the blessings that we have, all three of us being in ministry, is that we we're forced to be in environments where we are together, right? Like there's no option uh, for me to hide from my brothers and sisters because it's 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 my job, right? I have to show up to that. And um, as someone who really, you know, I'm just going to be, I'm going to get a little real here, I guess. As someone who struggles with depression, um, who hits those lows and who, like it is, it is genuinely easier for me to identify with, oh, come all ye unfaithful. It is really hard for me to identify with, oh, come all ye faithful. And and yet in the eyes of God, I am a citizen of heaven. I am faithful, joyful, triumphant. And sometimes I just feel like my heart lags behind that fact, that truth. I I can hear it a hundred times. But like you said, Judy, it's just sometimes I need to be in a place with other people who will allow me to sit wherever I am on that spectrum and be included and know, yeah, I may not feel it, but my God dances over me and he is thrilled to call me his child. Yeah. And, and Rob, I think, um, you know, one of my favorite authors uh, on community uh, is uh, Henry Nowen, and he talks about a community being uh, the the group of people who share the joys and sorrows of life together. And, and I think it's important that we know one another's stories and value one another so that we are free to both experience the sorrow and the joy. Because like, I, you know, there are some, you know, some of us, you know, during the Christmas season, things are going really well. And, and maybe we're seeing God deliver us from, you know, besetting sins or, uh, you know, give, give us like, you know, return, restored relationships that we've been praying for, right? And those are joyful things that we want to celebrate. And so if I'm part of a community, like I'm free, it's okay for me to be joyful and to feel joy next to someone who is experiencing depression. Like I don't have to hold back that joy because somebody else is feeling down. We just need to be able to share our stories and know that there's a place for both of those. Uh, within our community um, and, and know that the reality of who we are is ultimately rooted in the people that God is making us to be uh, citizens of heaven. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. We have seen a great light. The unimaginable Jesus is here, shining in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome him. On behalf of everyone here at Chapelgate Church, we hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening.